You're listening to the B Fox and B Frank show. Another big week in college football. Another week, Alabama proving that it is just on another level entirely from the rest of the country. Yeah, they're they're really good. If if we didn't know that or you didn't know that before, it's it's confirmed at this point. Much like what I said earlier this week that Joe Burrow or earlier yesterday I should say that Joe Burrow is not a quarterback that is great or is going to go win you games or anything of that magnitude. Alabama is very good. Defense was really good. They stopped Brosette, which is essentially the entire offense for LSU. And then the offense was able to score against probably a top three defense in the country, I'd say. Yeah, there were some murmurs um, the week leading up to it. It's like, has Bama really played anybody this year? Um, but then, like you said, come out LSU, 25 carries, 12 yards, and you know Joe Burrow isn't going to beat Alabama defense, and he did not. No. Tua was on and off hurt, but he still put together quite an impressive performance against, like you said, a very good defense. And, I mean, Alabama is going to play good teams the rest of the season, but it, it almost just seems like we can – kind of sim to the end and just get the playoff started with them in it. Yeah, I was saying yesterday as well that there are like three total teams that I'd want to see play Alabama in the first round of the playoff, and that's Central Florida because they deserve it. Um, yep. West Virginia because I'd love to see Will Greer go up against this defense, and then the last would have to be Washington State just to see what kind of crazy shit Mike Leach would throw at Nick Saban. So yeah, and an offensive yes. team because that's the only that's sure. the only way you're going to win. You have to pray that you're going to force an injury on Tua, and if you can get him hurt, Hurts <coughs> is still good. This is this is essentially what I said last week leading up to this game. But if you can get Tua out of the game and then score thirty points, you're going to win. But even like Alabama's backups, they have like seventeen five star running backs that they can just go to. Like, I think it was Najee Harris got hurt in the fourth quarter, and they just pull out another five-star running back, the fourth string, and all of a sudden he busts out, like, a 25-yard run. Yeah, it's uh, it's not your standard uh, college football roster makeup, uh, for sure, for that very reason. Um, I mean, Damian Harris had a big game going up against LSU's fronts. Um, they kind of mentioned they had been saving him for this game because – with everything in, you know, supply, all of the, the running backs they can go back to, they haven't really had to use them as a, a workhorse yet. Mm-hmm. I imagine with games going forward against, you know, Auburn, Mississippi State, um, Georgia now, they'll use them more and more, but he looked fresh. And, I mean, LSU kind of got too high too early. Um, the adrenaline was probably at 11 um, all day, and then they just – came out and it was it was a pretty flat performance they just needed something from the offense early if they could have got anything like a field goal if they could have got a field goal in the first quarter that would have totally calmed things down put them back in a good place where the defense can go out and make a play they picked off Tua for god's sake like the defense gave them chances it wasn't uh well i guess there was never really a chance in this game where i thought lsu can win this even from the beginning but they gave them chances to get back in the game and they just didn't take advantage yeah, there was uh, there is nothing that the offense did that could be built on, mm-hmm. kind of going forward, and that that's been the story now uh, 
for the last, I think it's eight meetings uh, between Bama and LSU. Just LSU's offense turns to just non-existent every time they play. Back-to-back um, shutouts, I think, in Baton Rouge, too. Yeah, so that'll have to change. Um, yeah. But the other uh, the other big SEC matchup for the East, Georgia-Kentucky, um, Georgia getting back to their roots with a dominating rushing attack. And, I mean, they're were, they were clearly the better team all day. Yeah, I mean, this one exactly as I had expected it to. We got more offense out of Kentucky than I thought, and Terry Wilson was actually really good. 23 of 29, 226 yards and a touchdown. Way more than you had expected or really should have asked for from him in this game, and you still lose by 17. It just shows how much better Georgia is than Kentucky. The Wildcats defense is good, but DeAndre Swift was just dominant on the ground, and there was nothing they can do about him. Yeah, Holyfield going for over 100 yards as well. Um, I mean, Jake Fromm didn't really have to do much in the passing game again. Um, So, I mean, you're getting 330 yards on the ground means you're pretty content to just do that every time guys are ripping off six, seven yards of carry. Exactly. Um, So, Georgia, Alabama can be the SEC title game, which we pretty much expected preseason, just kind of took a slightly different route to get there um, than maybe was expected, but that'll essentially be a a play-in game for a national semifinal, you would think, unless somebody suffers a string of losses. But as it stands, should be a uh, should be a good SEC championship game once again. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's nice for a team like Kentucky to have a moment in the sun, even if it was dashed pretty quickly and, and fiercely, like now they're ready for basketball. Yeah. Uh, speaking of hopes getting dashed pretty quickly, Michigan-Penn State, 42-7. Um, Michigan looks pretty good. Yeah, the, again, this was another one I hit on the head. I did not hit the Texas-West Virginia game, which we'll get to in a minute, on the head, even close. I was, I was very off on that one, but Michigan was the better team. They have the better defense, they have the better running back, and they have the quarterback that's playing better right now. Trace McSorley is clearly injured. He is not the same as he's been throughout the year, and for whatever reason, this offense just can't do a thing. It's nice to watch James Franklin struggle every once in a while because he's just such a dick, but, I mean, this is as good as Michigan has been in, what, a decade, two decades maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. Uh, like, even Denard it, Robinson, that's the last guy I could think of that really had people going. Yeah, but they yeah, they never quite got to, right. to this height, I don't think. And they are, you know, the, the team to beat in the Big Ten now. Kind of said uh, last week on the show, if Penn State's going to win, Miles Sanders going to have to outproduce Crown Higdon. He came up... Uh, 118 yards short there, seven carries for 14 yards. Wasn't exactly helped by the fact that McSorley was uh, very limited by that right knee. So defense could kind of key in on him. But, yeah, this is uh, a season to forget for Penn State for sure. Yeah, a lot of high hopes. I mean, it's kind of like Auburn. A lot of hopes, good quarterback returning. Defense is supposed to be pretty good, and nothing goes their way. Um, and then West Virginia, Texas, classic 
Big 12 thriller. Yep. Um, a lot of points. Will Greer, late touchdown pass to Gary Jennings, and then game-winning two-point conversion. Um, and West Virginia still – oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was wild. The uh, All of the timeouts being called yeah. right before that play. Um, hit a slant to David Sills. Didn't count. No, Greer had to – to call his own number and ended up running it in. But I mean, West Virginia still, you know, forgotten a little bit in the playoff perspective, but I mean, they are, uh, they're still alive. Yeah. This is, uh, my team, you know, I've, I've been on them from the get go. I thought this was going to be a blowout in favor of West Virginia, much closer game than I had expected. Texas's offense played way better. Like Ellinger was really good. That's pretty much all I can say there. The biggest piece for West Virginia is their run game. Save them. Martel Petaway was really good. They were averaging like eight yards a carry, and that's what set them up on that final drive to put them in position where uh, Will Greer could take that deep shot over the middle, which was an incredible throw, like off of essentially no feet in midair, jump passing it 50 yards <laughs> to the back of the end zone. And then, uh, yeah, they get the two, and the defense holds up, and they win in Austin, but it's uh, it's funny how quickly t- Texas has risen and fallen this year. Yeah, and with uh, Gus Johnson on the call there, yeah, it's made it that much better um, to bring him back for March Madness. But yeah, I mean, Texas's rise was in part to their defense, but I mean, West Virginia's offense is just so electric with Will Greer at the helm, Dana Holgerson. Very aggressive yeah. uh, style going for two there without hesitation. But, yeah, this is uh, another tough loss for for Texas after, you know, suffering one just last week to, to Oklahoma State. So, I mean, they're uh, pretty much out of title contention in the Big 12 at this point, I would say. Yeah, it's uh... – the Big Twelve had a weird weekend, but it was it kind of if you're if you're the conference, it worked out the way you wanted to because you had a tight game between West Virginia and Texas, and then Oklahoma ended up winning their game. So you've got your chance, your outside chance still at the playoff. Yeah, um, that in mind, what is your uh, playoff picture looking like at the moment? Stayed the same for my top four: Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Central Florida. I've got Michigan on the outside looking in with Oklahoma at number six behind them. Uh, I've got Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, UCF, uh, Michigan, first one out. So we'll see if, uh, if that holds up. Got a couple of these teams got ranked uh, matchups this week. Again, Alabama going to be facing Mississippi state. Um, we saw, Joe Burrow really struggle um, against the Bama defense. Do we think Nick Fitzgerald is no, going to be able to no. do any better? Nick Fitzgerald is a better quarterback. I will give him that. But has he thrown for over 100 yards in the last two months of the season? I, I don't know off the top of my head. I would say no. You have to have a passing attack if you're going to beat Alabama. You just have to. We saw how easily they bottle up the run game for LSU it's it's not going to be a pretty sight if Mississippi State can't throw the ball at all. 
you can hope for a little bit of a letdown here, but I don't think there's going to be much. I think the tide rolled big. Yeah, it has really been a thing under Nick Saban, unfortunately, for Mississippi State. Uh, I mean, I would expect the rushing numbers for Mississippi State look a little better than LSU just based on what Nick Fitzgerald has been able to do his entire career. Mm-hmm. You'd also hope that you know Mississippi State, really known for that defensive line, they're able to kind of put some pressure on Tua in the run game. But, I mean, as we said, it's not like LSU has a, a weak defense either. Right. So especially this being at Bama, I'd have a hard time seeing uh, any other result in an Alabama win. Yeah, Fitzgerald threw for 243 yards against Louisiana Tech last week. So, you know, that... that I mean, that's that's a big passing output for them. It is. That's three weeks too. combined for him. Um, yeah, so tall, tall order uh, for the Bulldogs. But we'll see if they can pull off mammoth, mammoth upset there. Uh, game day going to be in Chestnut Hill. Clemson traveling to BC. Clemson could have broken 100 on Louisville this week if they really wanted to. Um, but sportsmanship or what have Something. you won out. Yeah. Um, good good ground game matchup. Um, AJ Dillon, Travis Etienne. Who are you liking here? I have flipped back and forward on this game pretty much all weekend. I'm going to go BC. I'm going to take a chance here, and it's going to blow up in my face. They're going to lose by about 50, but I'm going to take Boston College. For whatever reason, they are a very tough team to play at home, specifically the Friday night game. I know this is a Saturday night uh, kickoff, but something about Chestnut Hill at night. You got game day there. It's probably their biggest game in a long time. I can't even remember the last one, maybe since the since Matt like Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Like, this this is it for BC. A.J. Dillon's going to have to have a huge game. The defense is going to have to play well. I think this can be like a 37-34 win, like a high-scoring game. That's the only way I see them winning it. I can for sure see it being close, especially helps that it's going to be at home. But I I do think Clemson is going to be the winner here. Uh, Since Trevor Lawrence has taken over for Kelly Bryant, the offense is just on a different level and the defense remains kind of overlooked for that reason. Still got one of the best defensive lines in the country, um, which is going to go a long way to slowing down AJ Dillon. Um, it expects SEN to have another two, three touchdown day and then Clemson's going to get the win on the road. Yeah, it's, this is one of those where I can very easily see this getting out of hand fast, much like the Louisville game last week. I think BC is a lot better than Louisville, well, but yeah. it, it can get out of hand like that. Not to 77 points, but to something like 47 or 50. And and all of a sudden it's like, well, Boston College ain't going to score that much. Yeah, I mean, it. It will be it will be a competitive football game, I think. The very least, <laughs> right? Um, I would be be very shocked at a repeat of of Louisville or something like it. Um, but yeah, Clemson is has been the the closest team in terms of dominating wins. I think this season to Alabama, um, mm-hmm. Ohio State, kind of a, a forgotten team at this point. They'll be traveling to East Lansing take on number twenty four Michigan State who's had some 
not great performances of their own, uh, yeah. to put it lightly, this season. Ohio State, I would say, still controls their own destiny. If they win out, that means they win this game. It means a win over Michigan, and then, of course, a Big Ten title. I think that would get them into the playoff. Um, do you think they get the win here? I do. They have not been good lately. The defense hasn't looked great. The offense has sputtered a little bit. They aren't producing like before. Dwayne Haskins has not. He's been good. He hasn't been great like he was early in the season. Um, quickly out of that Heisman race that he was kind of near the top of for a little for the first five or so weeks of the season. Now all of a sudden, not even in the conversation. This is this is a bounce back game for this defense. Michigan State plays a very deliberate pro style offense. They've got some injuries. They're banged up. I don't know if LJ Scott's going to go. I don't think he played this past weekend. Lewerke's banged up a little bit. They're they're all over the place. If you can limit the run game and force them in the air, make them one-dimensional, Ohio State has a good chance to win this one by double digits. I think it's going to be close, though. I'm actually taking Michigan State here. Um, I think they're going to be able to make this a, a pretty ugly game because that's that's really the only thing they can do at this point. Yeah. Um, just kind of lean on the defense to to, to try to limit uh, what Ohio State's able to do and, I mean, hope that Urban gets extremely pass-happy once again, um, kind of try to take Dobbins out of the game. But, yeah, I, I think Michigan State wins this maybe – like a, a 16-13 sort of game, but the the style points will not be there. We'll say that. Yeah, it it's not set up to be a well-played football game right now. Just the way both these teams are going. It does not scream. It, it screams Big Ten football. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so with that basketball oh yeah start starting up um on tuesday the 6th uh, most people or most schools power five teams will be playing six you know just absolute scrubs power six um already one season hasn't even started we're already one exactly we're still in football season um but champions classic Kind of the the exception there. Um, teams actually playing other good teams. So you've got a doubleheader here. Uh, ESPN will be releasing the, the updated top twenty five for college football playoff rankings in between. Um, but these are young and talented teams for the most part. Uh, two top ten matchups. First one, Kansas Michigan State. A lot of transfers for the Jayhawks. Um, some good experience for the Spartans, as we discussed. Um, who do you like to take this one? I'm going to go Kansas, and I think they win this one by close to 10, I think. They've got so much depth on this team that we haven't seen in a little while, even if D'Souza doesn't play and whatever else is going on there. The Lawsons are so good. They've got so many guards now. Charlie Moore... Devin Dotson, like they have guys that they can just pull off the bench and play. Instead of having to go with that four-guard look, they can go three guards, play two big men, and then come off the bench and keep pushing the ball like they want to. I like 
Kansas in this one. I think the key, though, is limiting or get, getting Nick Ward in foul trouble, essentially. If he's in foul trouble, as we've seen him prone to be, it's going to be a long night for the Spartans. Cassius Winston needs to have a big game if they want to have any chance, but I like Kansas. Yeah, I'm taking Kansas as well. Um, might not take too much effort to get Nick Ward in foul trouble. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's going to be a lot to ask for him to, to guard Doak on the block all night. Um, so I think if Kansas stays true to, to working the ball inside to, to Doak and to Lawson, they'll be able to, to do that naturally and, of course, score as well. Um, so those guys are extremely talented. Um, Quentin Grimes, I think, will have a, a big showing in his first college game. And, yeah, I mean, the only thing really that Michigan State might have an advantage in is they've actually, you know, played more games together Yeah, with uh, a lot of this core, which will be helpful. But I think ultimately the, the talent gap is really in, uh, in favor of Kansas here. So they're, they're going to take the win. Yeah, it might sound crazy, but I feel like this being an early season game is almost a blessing for Kansas over a game that's played in like early December or something because these guys are essentially just out there playing. They haven't played a few games together and realized like the inefficiencies of their offense or of their chemistry in the game. They're just, you know, if anything happens, you just got to roll with it at this point. Like you haven't had practice to try and fix it. And if it doesn't get fixed, you're not getting frustrated by it. Right. Exactly. Um, So we'll see. There'll be a, a good curtain raiser and then uh, a lot lot younger matchup in the second one, Kentucky-Duke. So that, that narrative kind of cancels out um, a lot of guys making their debuts. Who you like in here? Duke. I think Duke wins big. Like, Reed Travis is going to have a great game for Kentucky. But I think R.J. Barrett goes for something like 30 and 15. He's going to have a monster night. Zion's going to be good. Nothing special it's it's guard play for duke it comes down to their guard play if they can get good play from trey jones they'll, they'll be fine i think they win big though cam reddish even has a nice night like it's the size kentucky's gonna get pounded on the glass that's gonna be the key for them if they can box out and, and limit second chance opportunities it's that's their game right there but reed travis is gonna have a lot of work to do with a young team duke is essentially go out there and play and if they can hit some threes, which they haven't been doing well lately, they they should be fine. Yeah, will Duke hit threes? Will Duke play defense? Yeah. Um, the the talent's obviously there. It's just kind of committing to basic basketball principles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. I have Duke. I think Barrett and Zion are going to have huge games, um, and it'll it'll kind of. Remains to be seen, I guess, who's going to be the kind of second option behind Reed Travis on that team. P.J. Washington should be able to help on the interior, um, but for this game, I don't don't really see Kentucky being able to muster up enough. And that, realistically, I don't know if it would be that much different if they met later in the season because, yeah. you know, Kentucky would have played more together at that point, but so would have Duke, so... But even some of the guys Duke brings back, like Delorier and Alex O'Connell, like those those can be difference makers easily off the bench. You get a couple young Kentucky freshmen that you know trying to prove something, make a couple bad plays, and these guys can take advantage. It's a big big swing right there. 
Yeah, Marcus Bolden, too, is at least yeah. a large body, um, even if he's not going to give you a ton of points mm-hmm. and be able to help continue to control the glass and, I mean, limit what Ray Travis is going to do, um, I mean, would be the hope in my estimation. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's no shortage of talented guys on either bench. Yeah. So the, we'll be able to, much like Alabama football, just keep rolling off a, a litany of four- and five-star guys. Must be nice. Yeah, yeah, can't imagine. Who's, In football, uh, at least. Who's, who's open with? Uh, the Mark Titus List Chicago State Ooh. squad. Uh, so hoping for a W there. It's going to be a tight we'll, one. <laughs> we'll see. Got the, got the sweet, sweet exhibition win over Loyola Chicago. There you um, go. Or the the secret scrimmage rather yeah. got the exhibition win over mighty Southern Indiana so raring to go Watch ready out for, for some real games Indiana. yeah who's seeding all I got Wagner Staten Island oh Wagner. oh yeah it's a, that's a game good old home game then we've got an exhibition game like three days later and then another home game I think one of them's on campus two of them might be on campus which is rare. I also love to play exhibition games in the middle of yes. the actual season. <laughs> I don't get why out. it's happening. It's against like a team from Connecticut, too. It makes no sense. I don't know. Maybe that was the only day that school had available for Seton Hall. <laughs> that would be a bad look. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that is the show. College basketball is upon us. You start looking into that more and more every week. We continue to break down the uh, the stretch run of this football season. Well, we're coming to your city. Well, we flew through Oklahoma, Alabama, and through Georgia, trying to get on down to Florida for the game. And then we loaded up our tailgate, joined the convoy on the freeway, headed north to see them Buckeyes. Corso and Herb Street got the low down on the robberies. Look at your chest strap, you're ready to play. It's time to kick off college game day. Come out to your city.